Welcome to Economics Happy Hour. My name's Matt. And I'm Jadrian. Uh, thanks for joining us again today. And this is the first time we are recording where I can say, please do us a favor and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. You can uh, subscribe on Spotify. That helps uh, boost our... We show up on the search results a lot better that way. Yeah, but it was exciting uh, in the past two weeks since the last episode, all of those other podcast networks have come through. And I mean, Jadrian, you and I kind of started <laughs> this and figured out, oh, we'll figure out how it all works. And a uh, big shout out. I, I gave a shout out on LinkedIn, but uh, mm-hmm. Julia Adams, a senior uh, at Susquehanna, really did a nice job kind of navigating all of the nuances to get us listed. So that was pretty cool. Publishing and editing major at SU and business double major. So mm-hmm. pretty cool. We, this is always the thing. I think we actually talked about this maybe in our first episode. We talked about this of comparative advantage and opportunity cost. Uh, Matt and I have talked about doing this for a very long time. And it's just him and I just feel so busy all the time where we just kept putting it off. And we're so thankful that there's somebody who has did it much faster than if either one of us bozos tried to do it. It would take us forever. It would have taken us forever and it, you know, saved us time too, a lot of time. So that was really cool. And yeah. As of this moment, who knows, maybe someday this will be huge and it'll be monetized. But like, we're not paid for this. The biggest value we would get is if you're willing to share it and you're willing to give us a review. So if you're we, uh, willing to do that, love, sure we love comments. We, I, we love comments. If I ever get a comment, I am so excited. I see it in my inbox. I was like, oh, somebody left a comment. It's it's cool. I like comments and they're they're always nicer on this one than they are on my YouTube channel. Sometimes <laughs> I get plenty of nice ones there too, but then every now and then I'll get some ones that are not quite as nice. But that's uh, any that's any different. mean ones on your Disney video? No, everybody loves Disney. So. Okay. No, no, that people like that. Thanks for sharing that one as well. So, <laughs> so, so Matt, what are you drinking today? I have one, I, I am I have one I'm very excited to share with you. I actually have one I'm excited to share with you as well. It's from the world's oldest brewery. Ooh. Um, and even better, I had, um, in Freising in Germany, right outside Munich, nice. I stopped here. I, I gave a talk. This would have been, boy, a decade ago, almost to the day. It was April, 2013. It's kind of crazy. And, you know, I had a hotel that I stayed at and the talk was at about one thirty or so in the afternoon or two in the afternoon. And of course, beforehand, they bring me to that place and they all get a beer. Mm-hmm. That's the normal lunchtime routine in yeah. Germany. And so had to commemorate and buy the mug from the brewery as well. The first time I went to Germany, I've only actually, I should say the first time I, I've only been once, uh, but the first time I went, um, I had heard about beer gardens, but I didn't actually like, I know about American beer gardens that are replicating Germany. And I like went to like an actual beer garden. That was just such a pleasant experience. Yeah. Um, like a, I had a real light Rattler, just you know, drink like a lemonade beer, super nice. I spoke no German, so I foolishly did not order food correctly. Uh, stood in line, thought I was ordering the right thing, and it was uh, so that right they had the whole menu in German, and I'm like, crap. Uh, and I, we picked one. I just went with I go Casa Worst, please. I just picked one. I was like, that sounds good. Uh, those of you who are German speakers know what I ordered. Uh, those of you who are not German speakers, I ordered blocks of cheese. Is what I ordered. Really? Also, yeah, I thought it was going to be a cheese sausage. No, it was just chunks of Swiss cheese. Yeah, it was just big chunks of cheese. And it was hot. It was not the right thing. It was not the right thing. No. I I realized that 
I was showing the beer for those watching, but if you're listening, and we just thank those oh, yeah, listening, right. yeah. uh, this is going to be butchering. Wyhen uh, Stefaner? Wyhen? W's or V's, right? So it's by Wyhen Stefaner? Somebody can comment with the phonetics <laughs> on Apple or on ours. And this will be the chance to call me an idiot for not knowing <laughs> something. And I'll take right, it. You know, we already called each other Bozo, or I called you a Bozo already. <laughs> uh, so mine is coming back from the Star Hill Brewery, which is turning into my favorite brewery. I think I, this is either the third or the fourth Star Hill Brewery that I've had uh, from, I, I think I pronounced it wrong last time too. So I think it's Crozet or Crozet, Virginia. Uh, but I had a couple of these before, and I'll tell you the one that I the reason I remember it was the cranberry sour that I really really liked out of it. So they had a, a new to me four pack. Uh, so I got the Ramble on juicy IPA. Woo! Focus. I am j- drinking an IPA. I don't love IPAs, but I really like juicy IPAs. Really like those. Um, and since I've shared my glasses with you before, I made sure to get a, a, a good glass. I'm going to share this because this was a very special gift to me from one of my favorites. I'm going to say one of my favorites, but she actually is my favorite student who went on to get a PhD. Uh, so she got me this glass. It's a little tough to see, uh, but it is a grid. It's an outline yeah. mapped grid of the city of Houston. Oh, very uh, So cool. I'm not from Houston. Like I consider Houston my home. Uh, so it's got like the, the coordinates on the side. So Marissa, she's a grad student at West Virginia University, uh, gave me this as a gift, as a graduation gift. And it was a really, like a really thought, like when I get those thoughtful sort of gifts, right, that like tie in things that like, I appreciate all gifts that I give. So it's going to make me sound really bad. And I'm like, I, you know, I hate those generic gifts. I appreciate all gifts, but there's something special about like, Right, like they pick something you, they know you. Yeah, that's a th- that's a thoughtful gift. It's a thoughtful gift, and it's always beer, really nice. something for beer that has uh, Houston <laughs> in it is is pretty thoughtful. So. Yeah, you give me a Texas thing, and it, that's plenty for me. That's trivia. The other day, I, I they asked where the breweries were located, and I had no problem answering Shinerbach in part from our conversations. <laughs> I, I might have gotten it anyway, but I was not. I would have been kicked off the podcast so what, if I got it what, wrong. What was the question? I'm kind of curious. What? Oh, it was a round of 10, and they asked, we'll name the brewery, and okay. we'll give you a few options. What state is it from? Oh, that's easy. Okay, that's not so bad. Yeah, it was, We got 10 out of 10. Yeah. Okay. I think we might have gotten eight or nine without the multiple options. But, yeah. But okay, yeah. So the Shiner one's a good one. So the nice part, too, about Shiner, if, so I'll give you a little bit of extra trivia if, uh, if you ever need extra for another one. Um, Shiner... Beer is made in Shiner. So this is actually, I will say, this is a little tough. Shiner is actually not the brewery name. It's the Spetzel Brewery, which okay. makes Shiner Bach. Uh, they are located in Shiner, Texas. Is, okay. So it's actually really easy to remember where they're from. That, that, I, I could remember that one. I could remember that. Yeah, so it's, it's really easy to remember. Shiner, Shiner Beer, Shiner, Texas. Beers? Ooh, this is hate. Look at that. That is hazy. It's a rare day when you have the IPA and I don't. Oh, so. This is, this is going to be good. Um. Yeah. So, okay. I, this will be a nice transition. Speaking of Texas, uh, uh, my Houston Texans have the number two draft pick uh, in the NFL draft coming up. Uh, so do. Matt and I are talking about the NFL draft. The Texans have had some top draft picks for the past 20 years. Um, they, they have had some good picks. And when we today we... They pick at the top for the past 20 years. They've had a lot of good picks. We want to talk a little bit about the NFL draft and, and the economics and the economic concepts you can find within. Honestly, I think we could talk about this for three hours on the economics. So we're just going to pick a couple and who knows, maybe we'll do another one next year on this, but 
one thing that's interesting is the Texans going into the last week of the season were slated for the number one pick in the draft. Their head coach uh, was looking to be on their way to be fired. And so all of a sudden they come out of nowhere and put on this incredible performance and they win the last game and they no longer have that number one draft pick, which I know there was one thing area you had commented that you wanted to talk about Mm -hmm. and it's the Texans kind of like all their fans are like, what are you doing? But uh, (laughs) even the fans wanted it, right? Idiots. But the players on the team, of course, they, they want to win their, their season's been terrible, but there many will be free agents and they want to keep a job. They want to put some Mm -hmm. good film on tape and have people remember them for working hard. And yeah, the, Head coach, if they're sticking around, maybe they would, in the back of their mind, want to lose. But if they don't mm-hmm. think they're sticking around, I believe it was Lovey Smith. He was, yep. wants to win. But the GM and the owner and the fans, they all want the team to lose. So it's an interesting dynamic here. So let me, I, I, we should probably say, so we're recording this, kind of planning to release this right before the NFL draft. So we are kind of purposely, we're going to talk about football in this section. Um, there are other leagues that have other draft that have other drafts very similar. Um, so it, in the United States, it's the U S leagues do it uh, internationally. This is not necessarily an international thing. The NFL is, I think is, I don't want to say it's unique, but actually I have some draft history that has some economics in it that I think you'll like too. Um, so the NFL draft, those of you who are not kind of familiar with the differences, the NFL draft, the worst team in the league drafts for generally, unless there's like trades and all sorts of stuff, but generally the worst team drafts first, and then they draft in order. And then the best team of the Previous year drafts last. That's the general process. You can trade those picks around. You can trade future picks. Like you can trade stuff. Um, that's actually so. I think Major League Baseball is very similar in that sense. There's some extra picks that teams get. The NBA is very different. Um, they operate a lottery system, and the worse you are, the better your chance. They they used to have like actual, I don't know if they still do the lottery balls or not. I think they I think it's lottery think balls. Still, although I don't think they show that part to the yeah. Ball. They used to show the lottery balls. So they would put all these balls in a pit and they would pull out a team. So if you came, if you were the worst team, you had a better chance of drafting first, but there was not a guarantee that you would draft first. Uh, So part of the reason we're talking about the NFL is it's really nice and easy to talk about because generally the worst team, which was the Carolina Panthers last year, uh, the worst team drafts first and then it progressively gets better or the better teams draft later. Uh, So Matt, what is an economics concept that you like about the draft? And then I'll share a history economic concept. So I think there's a lot of fun stuff. I'll go first with what's the value of any drafting in any particular spot in the draft and where does it seem like there's perhaps, well, economists have Mm -hmm. noted perhaps a mismatch in value, including Nobel prize winning economist, Richard Thaler uh, co-wrote a paper called overconfidence versus market efficiency in the national football league. This is, now running on 15 plus years old, Mm -hmm. but looking at what is the value of a particular pick. So the first overall draft pick, you get the first pick of anybody in the draft. Uh, Every single player, you, you get the absolute first shot. The, the problem though, is you also have to pay that player a lot more, a lot of money. Now there's restrictions back in 2005, Actually, you nego- everybody negotiated, so the salaries would have been quite a bit higher. Now there's they're actually capped 
uh, and each the first overall pick gets a certain amount, the second overall pick gets a certain amount, and so on. That's quite a bit less than the market value if they had negotiated. Mm-hmm. But the first overall pick seems to be overvalued by teams. And what was found, what some economists found, is just looking at performance of the players versus how much you pay them, is that there really wasn't that great of a difference in terms of the value between, say, the first overall and the 20th overall and the 30th or the 40th when you think about the player you're getting and the the amount that you're paying the particular Mm -hmm. player. So I think that's one kind of fascinating aspect. That said, the the team with the first overall draft pick can trade down, as it said, and get a whole lot more draft picks even and though that's almost always that's the recommendation almost always right is that like you shouldn't draft first like you don't do it yeah like trade yeah. that for something it's better to get like you, i think like you said right it's better to if you could trade your first pick away for like a third and a fourth round pick those are just as valuable uh productive wise and they're going to be way cheaper and right i almost think about it in like an investment strategy it's almost like you're spreading out your risk uh, yeah, of who yeah. you're going to get right cuz if you put all your money and all your stuff in one Number one pick. Wait, what if you get a Ryan Leaf as your draft pick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could name a lot of top five (laughs) picks that haven't panned out. And the Bears just traded to the Panthers, and the Panthers gave up the seventh overall pick uh, first next year, another second, another third, and a Pro Bowl ish caliber wide receiver. I mean, a lot of capital basically to move up six picks. And so the, but the idea of these draft picks are lottery tickets, right? The the title of the paper is overconfidence versus market efficiency mm-hmm. that given you can't be as confident, it might be like, as you say, better to have, you know, would you rather have one first or a second, a third and a fourth where you have three shots at perhaps getting players and all a little bit cheaper. So I have a question for you then if, okay, I, I believe it's, I, you know, I believe uh, it's, I think it's Massey and Matt, right. Massey and Thaler. I believe them that it's you're it's overvalued. There's a there's a market inefficiency type stuff. So I think back to like the Moneyball story, right? The the Oakland A's were able to do something special that nobody else did. But after enough time, other teams figured it out too. And so I'm really curious, um, why why do you think it is? So I, I would say there's a market design issue as well. But like I'm kind of curious, like your thoughts. Why would any team want to draft first? Or is it really just like, is it exuberance? Like, no, we're not going to be inefficient. Yeah. All those other losers were. Um, like, what? Like, why do we keep, uh, keep, right? Why do teams keep doing it? Like, why don't they just trade it away instead? I think three things come to mind. First, the number of picks people seem to be getting for trading down has dropped a little. Mm-hmm. So I think teams are catching on a bit. Second thing, with the advent of the salary cap or the sal the fixed salary restrictions which came in we could look this up and, mm-hmm. and drop it in but i know in 2007 for example when the vikings drafted adrian peterson they still had to negotiate this big contract i think actually sam bradford might have been the last quarterback who was able to negotiate and get this massive huge deal and then the next qb it was much lower so that's um i think that changes things a little bit because you're not paying quite as much for those top overall picks as you would otherwise The third, and the reason I think the Panthers could have been perfectly valid in making this trade, is a top quarterback is worth so much in the NFL. But that's their paper, is that the right the the top quarterbacks are not necessarily like right, like once you like take all the quarterbacks in all the positions, they're not that much better than the quarterbacks that are taken in the second round. I no, I think No, that's what their that's what their paper was about. 
Um, yeah. No, you look at who's in the NFL right now, right? I mean, the so many of the quarterbacks are first-round draft picks. It's really mm-hmm. it's tough to find a good QB outside of the first round. It can happen, but it but it's a lot rarer. Okay. But the quarterbacks, so that's a survivor bias problem, right? Like the ones who are still here are number one picks, but all of the number one picks are not still here, right? Like you got like two sides of it, right? So if you, uh, right, how, I mean, how far back you want to go? Five years? So 20, is 20 yeah. is five oh, years you can miss time? on QBs in the first yeah. round. No, but, so I think that, I think that's but, right. But, is that what it is, right? Is it the, is it just a gamble of the first rounders of like, I don't, I don't know, right? So like Sam Darnold is up here. He was the third pick. Baker Mayfield was the number one pick. Uh, quarterback, quarterback. Josh Allen, he's right, he's still good. Yeah. Josh Rosen. Um, that but, is it for the oh so Lamar, Jackson, you, Lamar Jackson was the very last pick. So there were five. I mean, that that was exceptionally good. But <laughs> I just but I got I mean, lucky. <laughs> but imagine you're in that and you say, if you're an NFL team, if you say to Carolina, look, this is what you got to trade, but here's mm-hmm. here's here's what it is. 40% of the time, you are going to get a an absolute all pro caliber QB, a, a quarterback that is so good that they could be your team. When that person's on the field, you will be a contender for 15 years, as long as you're not an idiots like Baltimore mm-hmm. and not giving them a contract or whatever. Well, let me, let me take you one year back. The number two overall pick Chicago quarterback. Trubisky. Trubisky. Um, uh, but few, what was the number 10 and the number 11? Wasn't so that number, Patrick yep, Mahomes? Number 10 is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, uh, you're right. Then, Let uh, me go down to number 12, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, who <laughs> has had off-the-field issues. but Well, he had on the, he had some on-the-field issues, too. Um, well, I mean, boy, he was a – I mean, he got a massive contract for yeah. his play. So – uh, so that's is, that it, or is it just is it a gamble right you're like i'm we're willing to take a so. franchise a franchise pick um i don't know i like okay so i my market my market design answer was somebody has to draft first right like they can't they can't all trade away the first pick um so somebody has to draft first and i guess it i was i actually got to this list by trying to find your answer of like how have the salaries for the first round picks changed uh, so that was my goal was I was trying to figure that out while you were talking about it. Um, yeah, I don't, it's interesting, right? I think this is always when they used to, well, I say they used to, right? They st- they're they doing it now. When they do the drafts in person and you would see the fans just booing. I think it was the Jets, right? Are they the ones that are famous for just booing everything? Jets pick? are famous. The Eagles booed Donovan yeah. McNabb like crazy way back when. Um, so yeah, okay. Well, this is, I think this is actually a perfect transition into my history story uh, that I think you'll appreciate this as an, both an economics and a history person. I got a little trivia for you. So I'm going to ask you uh, a trivia question. Since you, uh, those of you who don't know, Matt loves trivia. And I don't know if he loves trivia or bars or barroom trivia, but like, it's trivia it's, is fun. It's trivia, but it's even better when it's at a bar. That that is that's very true. Matt, do you know the very first draft pick of the NFL when it was started? The first ever draft when pick. When the NFL was became the mm-hmm. the NFL anytime or the yeah, NFL so 1936 was the very first NFL draft. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea who it is. I'm guessing it'll be a name I know. You might not. No. Okay. Okay. This is actually the fun history part. Do you know anything about the person? Like where they where they played college? 
I will tell you, they were a Heisman winner. So they were the they were the Heisman the winner. First year. overall draft pick in 36. No, I have no, I, I, I couldn't have told you it was 36. I, I don't know. I have an amazing story for you then because okay. you will absolutely love it. This is a, it's like a beautiful story of economics and sports and everything together. The very first player ever drafted in the NFL never saw a single field, never played. He was okay. the Heisman winner the year before. His name is Jay Burwinger. Okay. He played at the University of Chicago. So back wow. then, the University of Chicago was like a Big Ten school. Like they were multiple national championship type teams back in the like 10s, 20s, 30s. Uh, so he played at the University of Chicago. He got drafted by the Chicago uh, Bears. So like he, he was a hometown draft. Like sure. back, then, back then, you drafted nearby. Um, yeah. That so he was the. Good. Yeah, right. First ever player drafted. He turned it down because it didn't pay enough money. His degree from the University of Chicago paid more than the being a professional football player. So he was a Heisman winning football player, got drafted in the first ever NFL draft, never played because of a salary dispute. They wouldn't pay him enough money. That is that's that we are in a different world right now. Yeah, right. So this is this is what's so great about it. Um so the yeah, so I, I'm I'm reading through. So the Philadelphia Eagles selected him. They couldn't go to it. Then the Bears uh, picked him. But yeah, so he he didn't he didn't play. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find it. He was requesting. Yeah, here it is. He requested fifteen thousand dollars for the year. The Bears owners George Hollis uh, only offered thirteen thousand five hundred. So instead, he took a job with the Chicago Rubber Company and became a part time coach at the University of Chicago. He later okay. regretted his decision. <laughs> like. He said he never regretted. That's what he later regretted. He later regretted. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's (laughs) kind of fascinating. The, um, yeah, the money has changed in football. Whereas the first, first overall draft pick is instantly a multimillionaire. And even, you know, if you're drafted in the first round, it's still pretty significant money every year, even if you're the last pick of the first round. So So I I did not know that. I teach that story in my principal's class to talk about opportunity cost. So it's the, it's the very first opening story about uh, when we start getting into player pay, marginal revenue product stuff. um, I talk about that and I say, look, these players, a lot of them have other opportunities. Uh, Some of them are multiple sports. So it's fun to also talk about like, like the multi-sport athletes who have to pick which one they want to do. Sure. sure. Um, You know, people who have college degrees, there was a, there was a famous, I remember how a couple of years ago, there was a famous player from Florida state. I think he delayed the draft because he got, uh, I want to say like a Fulbright or a Rhodes scholar. He got like some super massive, right. National award type thing. Um, right. But then there's also the, right. The uh, Pat Tillman example of like, yeah. Yep. Leaving have... the NFL to go to the military. Yeah. Um, Chris Winky mm-hmm. was at Florida. He got the offer from Florida state and then he took the, pro baseball contract and money when baseball didn't work out yeah. he was welcomed back and ended up winning a title for them that was <laughs> kind of interesting he's he was from the twin cities so that's a name yeah. I a little more and actually when he go he went to the same high school that my nephew uh goes to and plays hockey at so creton durham hall well so i'm i'm hopeful i i feel like you might not get the question of jay burwing burwinger okay. i feel like that's a very specific name that that um, one I was never getting that one, <laughs> but right you might get a question of like which team did he play for? So I, I hope that you can remember uh, the University of Chicago. I think that'll that'll be an yeah easy yeah one. yeah that's really cool. I would not have thought that the Chicago was a powerhouse. So <laughs> they were yeah yeah. So I know that uh, when we talked a little bit before, you thought about the incentives and <sighs> how they could be misaligned within. Yes. The so let me go back to your first story about the Texans. 
Um, one of the things that is really interesting about the draft, and I think the draft, like largely, and you'll, you'll hear this in other places. So we're recording this now as there are rumors and rumbling of um, misdeeds in the NBA. Uh, so one of the problems is, like Matt was saying, you have the opportunity possibly to get a like a team changing, culture changing player at number one. Um, and so if you think about kind of the way that the process works with the draft, it's the worst team at the end of the season um, is the one that's getting to draft. But if you're the worst team a couple games before the end of the season, you know you're not going to the playoffs. You know you're at the bottom. Um, and so one of the problems is it creates an incentive for teams to tank. And so right. tanking is a huge concern for leagues. Like they act like that's not what they want. The, you know, that's bad for TV. That's bad for the fans. You, so I'll say it's bad for the fans, except our conversation earlier where, you know, if you're the coach, you want the pick for next year. But if you're the coach that thinks you're going to get fired, yep. you, you might, you, you don't care. Uh, as fans, I want to draft number one, not number two. Um, as owners, you might want them to draft number two. So the big, uh, I'll say Bruja is in, at least in the NBA, I'm curious if in a, if next week or a week or two, um, if we find out more, but apparently the, the big, controversy is the Dallas Mavs uh, sat some of their players not to play and trying to get move up in yeah. the order and stuff. Matt, does that, does that, so that would be an example of misaligned. So I guess you can go to yeah. misaligned incentives or unintended consequences. You I, set I, up I rules and people try to get around it. Matt, do you think that's a big deal? Like, is it, is it something that we should even care about when it comes to sports? A little bit. I would think it's bigger in the NBA because five players five on a court at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, game-changing quarterback. But here's uh, the thing. In the happen. NBA, you're not guaranteed a pick. In the NBA, you're Correct. just it's, it's a probability. Yep. So that's why I never understood it in the NBA. What's the point? Like, I don't see the benefit of tanking to get like a little bit higher move, of a probability. Just slightly higher. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they started that with Patrick Ewing, I remember, uh, in 85 draft. Like I, I sort of at least get it in the NFL because like you, you can like guarantee to move into that spot. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's tough. I think if anybody intentionally started to talk about how they're doing that, it would come out instantly. And I've never heard mm-hmm. of that happening. The, the big reason is coaches, the coaches want to put good thing, good tape on. Okay. Their team is doing terrible, but the coach might get fired. There's a good chance they'll get fired, but if they're getting fired, they really do not want their team to have quit on them. Mm-hmm. So they have an incentive for the team to keep fighting. And all of those players, right? I mean, players don't care who's coming in. I mean, maybe a little bit. I, I mean, all the players want to win, but you know, I'll whether you, it's the one yeah. pick or the three pick, do you think they really care? No, they want to, they want to have a good game. They, they play all, they practice all year. And for those who did sports, I did sports for a mm-hmm. while growing up, right? Practices aren't fun. You <laughs> practice and you work hard because the game days are yeah. fun. So and, I'll give you, I'll give you an alternative. I'm going to give you this. Other. Yeah. So what, what is your college team? Is it it's kind of weird? It's probably it, it's not Iowa, Iowa State. State is probably. Okay. So I went to University of South Dakota and they are D1, but they're mm-hmm. now they're D1. They weren't before. Um, yeah, it sucks that they lost in that national championship game to a, a much better team that year. Oh, harsh. Was that? We got so US, lucky. We got so lucky. Was that USD or was that SDSU? No, it was, we played the Jackrabbits. That's Wait, you. No, that's you to, SDSU. Oh, you went to USD. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. Yeah. I just, that's offensive, no right? No. I'm not supposed to get those mixed up. Um, well, I mean, USD? if you went to South Dakota, it's like a big deal, right? Yeah, yeah. What, not like what, Rapids, what is South Dakota? The Coyotes. Oh. So it's a little bit of a smaller okay. school. 
uh, Jackrabbits, the uh, SDSU's had better. Yeah. They, they, so, they're a little bigger and they've had better sports. But you know what's weird? I don't mix up North Dakota State and North Dakota. Like, I, I yeah. know that those are two different places. I don't know why I missed. Are they? Yeah, yeah they're red and black. Your team. Yep, yep, red. And then yep. South Dakota State is blue and yellow. Blue, blue and yellow. Yeah. So you would say Iowa State? Is that a... Uh, that... Iowa State, if USD's in something and they made their women's team made the Sweet 16 okay. uh, last year in 2022. And that was awesome. So Seeing I'm, them on ESPN and all that. But... I'm going to present an alternative that is very similar to the story but I'm going to say it's very different. And I don't think it gets frowned upon. I saw this sort of behavior in a coaching ranks um, previously from teams that I watched and I was never a fan of when it happened. So if you're watching a team, so say you're watching the Iowa state team, they start off the season. They're not looking good uh, right there. You're right. They're starting. Let's say they go, Oh, and four, right. Or like even in the big 12, they're the big 12. Yep. Um, Right. They're starting the big 12. They lose a couple games. Like they're not winning the big 12. They're not going to a bowl game. Uh, Right. Like if you know that, six games in right they're oh and six sure they're not going to finish it they're not going to win a bowl game they're not going to go to a bowl game what happens often is the coaches will put in the next level of players they'll say look this isn't our year yeah let's play the sophomores and juniors let's get them some playing time let's get them some experience yep when realistically they are likely not the best like what you're kind of saying they're not the best players they're not tanking but they're no, also they're, saying, like, we're not going to try to win out the rest of the season yeah. with our best players. We're preparing for next year. Yep. That's okay, though. I don't think, like, pe- I don't like yeah. it. So I'll say I don't like it as a sports fan because, like, I want to see the best play. Like, I want to see the seniors play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's okay. No, that's It's an interesting point, right? They're in there. And there's a reason. There's, ration, you know, good rationale for doing mm-hmm. that in the NFL as well. Like, if you're yeah. seeing where are you and. See, you know, let, they, the last game, see what the backup quarterback looks like. Anyway. Yeah, well, you see a spark. So, no, I understand that. My favorite my favorite sport's the NFL. My second favorite sport has now become the Premier League Interesting. in the UK in soccer. And I, the whole relegation system there mm-hmm. is absolutely fascinating. And it makes then following, of course, the bottom. And this year, it's pretty close. Like, the bottom seven teams are all mm-hmm. at risk. I think it's about seven. And so those games are really exciting. Yeah. It's exciting to see how number 18 versus number 16, because 18, 19, 20 are getting demoted to the lower league Mm -hmm. at the end of the year. Um, I think that's really fun. And the system's not set up to do that, but it would be pretty interesting if, you know, I remember there was the Vikings had one year where they were three and 13 and they got the number three overall pick. So they, you know, if it's the Mm -hmm. bottom three, right, they would have been demoted into the, what if the CFL or whatever, how how you set it up. I dream about this all the time with college football. Like I, like I already have like the partnerships in my head. So the, so those of you aren't familiar, uh, college football in the United States has an FBS and an FCS. They're all division one, but they kind of break it in half roughly, um, of just like, usually what I say is if it's a university that you've seen on TV, they're probably FBS. Uh, if you have not seen it on TV or if it's just like a weird week, they're probably FCS. Um, I, in my mind, that's it, it, it wouldn't work. And I get it. And I recognize that they would never happen. But a dream for me would be like a, uh, a big conference is paired with a smaller conference. So like the Big Ten is paired with like the Pioneer League uh, and Villanova. Villanova yeah. wins their league and goodbye Rutgers. You switch and you just switch one. Yeah, yeah. 
That would be that'd be fast. That'd be really interesting, right? right I mean, so Pitt, Penn State has to go to Villanova and play like yeah, their little yeah. ten thousand seat stadium. Yeah, it's not going to happen, but it would it's be, not happen. be a lot of fun. Um, but man, I I feel like I would love that. Um, and then right, you could do those sorts. Of, you could have those sorts of pairings for both like basketball and football. Um, right, like the, the Villanova gets to move up and, and play in a bigger division for basketball. Yeah. I don't know. I think it'd be fun. I dream about it all the time. I think about these like little geographic places, like uh, the Southeastern Conference gets paired with like the Big South. So, yeah, so, like yeah. Kennesaw State wins and they replace Vanderbilt. <laughs> it's just fun to that imagine. Would, it would be that would be that would be funny. That'd be funny. We've gotten way off on incentives in the draft. So that on our uh, well, so we hit three topics though. So I think we did. We a did. Good I job. think we've done a good job. So do you have a pop culture for the week? Oh man, I don't want to give I give uh, I give Abdul and Darshik too much, uh, so I feel like I got to pick something else. Um, okay, so actually, I have a I'll say yes. I'll give you a pop culture. I, it's not draft related, um, but it is NFL related, pop culture related, okay. and econ related. So, have you ever seen the Big Bang Theory spinoff, Young Sheldon? I've seen the ads. I okay. and I might have seen one episode or something. But yeah. awesome. So it, yeah, right. Basically, it's uh, the Big Bang Theory, super popular physicist, all that sort of stuff. Young Sheldon is the spinoff. It goes back in time to Sheldon as a small child uh, growing up in East Texas, and so it's like a, the life of a yep. small kid who's uh, Sheldon and based um, in Texas and based in Texas. So I really like it. It's a there's a very good scene um, where the family is all sitting around the TV. Uh, so it's everybody, it's Sheldon, his sister, his older brother, his dad, his mom, they're watching an NFL game. And so you're seeing the family and like from the TV's perspective. Um, and basically like, uh, I think like the announcers come on, they're like, it's fourth and fourth and three. And ever the, his whole family's like, you got to punt. It's time to punt. You got to punt. And then Sheldon sits there and goes, but why? No, why you don't need to do that. Statistically, you should be going for it on fourth down. And like, he explains the, uh, I think it's Romer, right? It's card. Yeah. Yeah. I think I believe it was Romer. I think you're Romer. right. Yeah. He yep. explains the Romer paper. Yeah. Uh, it basically says like, no, you've got to go for it. Like statistically, it doesn't make sense for you to punt when you've done so well on the other ones. Uh, so he explains sort of that NFL, uh, going for it on fourth down. So not draft related. Uh, but it is sort of fun just because it's uh, it's a little different and it's cheesy. But uh, I'll post that one in our in our Substack. Yeah, I believe. I mean, I'm trying to. Rem- I just tried to look it up and I couldn't find it right away. But I believe it was something like it's fourth and four. What would the Bellman equation say mm-hmm. you should do? Uh, by yeah. I believe it was um, by uh, it's David Ro- it Romer. is David Romer. I looked it up. Yeah. Yep. And um, now that's good. I don't have a sports one. I do have a current one. Um, okay. I've been watching the final season of secession. And there's just an interesting line in there that I'm actually probably going to do a whole video on, but um, Connor, have you watched secession at all? No, that's no. Okay. It's, uh, it's amazing. All the people aren't likable. So you got to <laughs> give it about three episodes into season one, but then we got hooked. Uh, but Connor space is talking about, are there some people complaining about rich people talking to somebody else? He goes, but they sure like the food. And he goes, nobody complained about Scrooge's wealth creation. And he really made society a lot better. And, you know, the other person basically said yes, but it's the idea of Ebenezer Scrooge and (laughs) how economists often will think very differently about him than the public. Yes. And, the idea, yeah. right? This is somebody who lived a very poor life and made a lot of money, which means, of course, he produced a lot, but he wasn't consuming a lot. So other people got to enjoy the fruits of consumption. Hmm. But he's he's 
really hated among, you know, a lot of, well, society, right? Don't be a Scrooge is kind of, that's, that's a phrase referring to Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, you uh, fixed it. <laughs> son. Um, but with, um, but there's a lot of truth to the, the idea that because he wasn't consuming, mm-hmm. he was reinvesting in companies. He was leaving it behind for others and other people yeah. got to consume more because he consumed less. So I just thought that was a fascinating line. You don't, you don't hear people in TV referring in any sort of positive way to Ebenezer Scrooge. So when is the economics of secession, secession, secession. Yeah. When is that coming out? When's, uh, well, I've been doing a, I've been doing a YouTube been doing video your every stuff, Friday, yeah. and I'm working with somebody on a paper for it, so I might submit okay. it to one of the journals that you you're an editor on. So the there's there's a ton of lessons on it. So I've yeah. I've kind of got the lessons collected. So that the writing of the paper is actually the easy part now. Yeah, no, it, those are the sorts of things that I think they they just they make everything better. If you right, if I can use one more thing that connects with one more person, um, yeah. Yep. Those things are great. So those of you who wondered about Matt's random aside in the middle of his story, uh, I can share with you that we are recording at a at a different time than Matt and I usually record at. Um, and the sun is much lower in the sky than it usually is. And I stand in front of a window. And so it, we progress. If you watch the YouTube video version of this, you can see the sun progressively get brighter yep. until I realize that I can just put my big fat head in front of it and it won't do that. Uh, so it took me, what are we at? Like uh, 38 minutes or so, probably. 40 minutes. I didn't realize it got very, got much worse at the very end. I don't know <laughs> if it just <laughs> dropped down far enough in the it's sky. Just, where it's it just shining. enough to be annoying. Uh, so I, I did just fix that. <laughs> An incentive to check out the YouTube. Uh, I just need to be taller, right? If, I'm, if I was a little taller, it wouldn't be such a problem. Just work on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a good that, conversation. Yeah. I. For a non-IPA, this was delicious, as evidenced oh, by my empty glass. I, you know, I'm close. Uh, most of it's just a, it's incredibly juicy. So, like, it it fits the bill. Awesome. I really like this one. So, awesome. I'll be checking it in very highly. Uh, Matt and I do have some fun things coming up in the future episodes. So, we have already started to slowly plan out our future episodes. So, we're very excited for one coming up soon. But as always, uh, if you have topic ideas, things you want us to talk about, things you want to hear. Leave us a comment, uh, email us. We're happy to talk to him anyway. Talk to you, however, whatever suits your preference. Absolutely. Uh, but then also share and like and subscribe and do all those sorts of cool, th- cool things. Share it with people so that other yeah. people can uh, laugh along with us being idiots for a little bit. And I appreciate the everybody's support and thank you and Jadrian. Until the next time, cheers, cheers man. <laughs>